Welcome to another fun filled Friday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in the living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Kim McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter, X and the IGSCK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You can follow my Kina McGee on the Twitter, X and Kino's group again, the IG. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you download uh, download that Sports on Chicago app, brother, wherever you get your apps. Make sure you follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, X, Instagram, and YouTube. Please subscribe to our podcast at War Media Podcast. That's W-A-R-R Media, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. We are on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And while you're at it, please give War Media a follow at W-A-R-R Media on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, X, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. If you have any definite opinions during our two-hour extravaganza, we call it Sports Talk Radio Show. You can hit us up in the comments section at Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions or comments in the comments section. Lakino will get them up on the screen for you. But you decide to troll in order to do something silly, dumb, or stupid. I've given Lakino full power to give you fools to be a little beer boot. Toodles. But before we begin, we must remind you, you can also catch Sports on Chicago live in the living color, available now on Roku TV. That's right. So celebrate with the squad and get with the program. Sports on Chicago is now available on Roku TV. If you already have Roku television, just tap on the sports folder and download that Sports on Chicago app. If you don't have a Roku television, you have some handheld devices laying around iPhone, iPad, iTouch, your Chromebook, or your PC. Just hit up the Google Play Store. Download the Roku TV app and access Sports of Chicago through that avenue. So no more excuses. Celebrate with the squad and get with the program. Sports on Chicago is now available on Roku TV. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Live and on demand. Anytime, anywhere. And you know we will provide. Yes, we will provide. We got a busy show coming up here on Second City Sports. Uh, of course, we'll talk uh, Bears and Raiders, Raiders uh, this week as they host them at Soldier Field. We got our girl Christine the Queen Manica from KXRP for our NFL pickups and a whole lot more uh, with her as well. Uh, college football, some uh, weird stuff going on in Michigan, maybe. I don't know what's, what the heck's going on over there. Little, <laughs> People behaving badly. <laughs> I know. I say, well, God, it sounds absurd. We'll talk about that too, of course. The LCS, both the uh, AL and NLCS are getting very interesting, especially in the AL side. We'll get to that in a bit. Of course, the Bulls finish up the preseason and a whole lot more. But first. Yeah, I think whatever they whatever they want to put on that call sheet um, will will be understood, you know, through and through by myself. Um, and you know, I'll put that on me. Kind of going into the game last week, um, you know, I just kind of told them, you know, hey, I know you guys have a lot of faith in me, but I do want to let you know I know the whole I know the whole call sheet. So you know, don't be afraid to you know do your thing, call your plays. Um, you know, don't hinder the offense just because I'm going in there because I've you know prepared for this all week. So kind of take pride in doing that. And um, yeah, whatever's put on there is. Uh, Usually, you know, what, what will be understood and what I'll figure out how to operate. You have, you have a backup plan if you didn't get the shot in the NFL. Yeah, I was going to um, just basically just crossfit my life away, get as ripped and jacked as I possibly could, <laughs> and uh, be a teacher at Martinsburg High School. 
And that was a Sunday starter, Tyson Bates, you know, cracking up with the media on Wednesday. Uh, it said, I mean, look, this could be his first NFL start. We'll, we'll get to all this stuff with the Bears and the Raiders in this, and, you know, later on in the show. But mm-hmm. I'm already seeing, you know, if you've been wanting sports radio here in Chicago all week long, you're seeing like everybody saying that he's basically the second coming of who insert whoever. I mean, yes, I know he's had a lot of uh, starts in Division Two. Yes, he has a lot. Of, he had a lot of snaps. Blah blah blah. But he's had some bad games too. And last I checked, Max Crosby, Bilal Nichols, Nichols, a former Bear. Last time I checked, those who actually played at NCAA schools. I know uh, Max uh, went to an FCS school, but. You know, Blau went to Texas, and it just feels like you know what I think people are kind of putting all this. Look, I look okay. He's he's not nervous. Great, he's enjoying the moment. Great, but I kind of feel like you know we know how Bears fans, especially the meatball ones who want to, you know, we've seen all the various. Uh, we 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 talked about the names at nausea about the various Bears backups mm-hmm. and such. The Bears fans gravitate to, but I I kind of feel they're putting a lot of pressure on this kid. It's, he's, he seems to be enjoying the moment and taking it in, but I think that. Last, you know, he's not division. He's not facing D two guys out there. These are guys that actually have most of them played at D one level or at major college football level. So, yeah, he can have all the experience he wants, but this is the NFL. This is a whole different animal. So, what do you think? This is the only thought that I had this morning in getting ready, preparing for this live broadcast. And who's who has the most heat on Matt Eberflus's coaching staff besides Matt Eberflus himself? That's offensive coordinator Luke Getze. We talked about his play calling. We talked about how Justin Fields, uh, what he said to the media about a, a little bit over a month ago now about it could be culture why he's struggling. Of course, we talked about uh, Justin Fields' personal struggles in terms of on the field, you know, holding the ball too long, not able to read uh, defenses uh, quick enough. But the last couple of weeks before the injury, the thumb injury last week, he was he was starting to improve. Now we're going to see what Luke Getze is made of because you have a rookie quarterback has never started an NFL game. Yes, you have a little bit of him on tape from last week, but he came in hot in the Minnesota Vikings defense, played it perfectly, give their defensive coordinator, Brian Forrest, a lot of credit on that. They blitzed him almost every other down. You saw the Vikings turn the Bears away last week. But this is going to be Luke Getze's finest hour because – the way that they want to use Justin Fields, whether you think it's right or wrong, and however you feel about Fields, uh, either way, what the Bears want to do with Justin Fields, they're going to try to do with Tyson Bajan because Tyson Bajan is a rookie. You want to see some quarterback rollouts? You're going to see that with Tyson Bajan. Can we see Tyson Bajan throwing a run? We're going to find that out on Sunday. But the things that they wanted to do with Fields that they couldn't do with Justin – they're going to do with Tyson because Tyson is a rookie. He's going to do what they say, and they're going to try to simplify the game plan. Now, is if somehow, some way that Tyson Bajan comes out of there with no turnovers or maybe one turnover, two touchdowns, and has a fine performance on Sunday, like you said, like, you know, a few of you meatball fans are going to say, well, Tyson Bajan is the answer. Hold on, folks. we got to see a long body of work here before we declare someone the savior, quote-unquote, but – Everything that Luke gets in office that wants to do that they couldn't get done with Justin Fields, you're going to see it on Sunday. Will we result in a win? I don't know, but uh, I expect a professional game plan. It's just going to be up to the players, uh, starting with the quarterback, to execute it. Yeah, the whole game manager thing, you know, we, we've heard that from various you know, backups and, and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. So I think, you know, look, you got the Josh McCowles, you got the Brian Greasy's, Kyle Orton, all those guys. Those mm-hmm. are all, you can say those were kind of game managers. Everybody's saying, oh, he should be a game manager and this and that. But 
look, I think for me, look, this is a guy that went to Tiny Shepherd's, Shepherd's University and which is, I think, just outside of like Charleston, West Virginia, like a little mm-hmm. small town. So, so for me, like, look, this whole thing, I mean, look, will the moment be too big for him? Probably not. But I, I think that, look, this is sort of a different level for him. Yeah, he had a nice start against the Vikings last week, but they weren't expecting him. You think that, you know, Josh McDaniels will probably have a little bit of a game plan. And, yeah, I'm not expecting too big, you know, changes just because, you know, yeah, you're going to see the jet sweep still some ill-advised. You're, yes, you're going to see some of the, you know, other kind of like, you know, packages and stuff like that. He'll definitely have to go against the blitz because you're going to have Max Crosby uh, chasing after him. So for me, I, I think if you're if you're someone that, you know, look, we know these me meatball me Bears fans are going to be, you know, like, especially if he does have a good game. You know, look, Patrick Graham was a DC over at uh, the Rears. I'm sure he's going to make sure that, you know, look, Crosby's going to be chasing him. Nichols is going to get his shots too. Mm-hmm. So for me, I think this is really going to be a case of like, can they keep Bajan upright? Because we saw what happened when we try, had to try to improvise a couple of times and he ended up getting the scoop and score on him. So, mm-hmm. you know. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago, the Friday edition. Sid Lakina hanging out here with you. Bears fans, what do you expect from rookie quarterback Tyson Bajay as he makes his first start this this coming Sunday on the lakefront against the Las Vegas Raiders? You can watch that game at high noon on Fox TV. Lakina, you mentioned with Tyson Bajay trying to take it in uh, as he met the media a couple of days ago. I don't think the moment is going to be too big for him, but as we talked about just a moment ago, with the Justin Fields, how quickly can Tyson Bajan process the coverage? Because like you said, Josh McDaniels and the rest of his defensive staff, uh, they're going to give him a whole, they're going to fool him with a whole lot of coverage. The coverage looks one way. And when he hikes the ball, uh, the coverage is going to look totally different. How fast can Tyson Bajan process the coverage? And if he sees a receiver open that he expects, like, for example, like a Cole commit or DJ Moore, uh, Will that linebacker or their safety come over the top and try to pick it off? Will he, like you say, improvise and run, which the Raiders defense expects him to do? Or will he just uh, play it safe? Uh, all that uh, we'll find out on Sunday. But I'm, a couple of things that concerns me, how Beja can read the defenses, and will he be helped out with a, with a strong running game with Devon, uh, with, um, Devontae Foreman, and who uh, forgot the rookie who, um, who ran with him uh, behind him last week. But will the Bears' offense uh, compliment Tyson Bajan take take the pressure off him with a strong running game? I think that's going to be the key. You may have to give it to Foreman. He, you know, that might be the key, especially if he makes you know, some big mistakes early on. And that, that that's mm-hmm. gonna be, for me, I think that's going to be the key. If if he can avoid those early mistakes, I mean, he should be okay. And if not, you may have to just you know let Foreman you know do his thing and. And what are trying to kind of you know sort of counteract that? But I, I feel like look that the the patient thing. Look, I mean, we don't know how long Phil is going to be out. Yes, he's not going to need surgery, but he still might be out about two to four weeks. So mm-hmm. at least for the, these next two weeks, we'll say just say two weeks. We'll do the low end first because apparently, yeah, I guess Phil still can't grip the ball. Okay, um, you know, this is going to be his team. We're talking about Bajan, so. It's gonna get this is gonna get the thing where like look if he can avoid making the you know the big mistakes look you still got Marcus Peters who's right there in the secondary I'm sure he's gonna be on uh, DJ Moore like you know higher than Frisk Grease and if he you know look if, I'm sure you know Moore's gonna get double teamed do you get you know Mooney a chance you know for you know perhaps maybe you know make some big plays or, or give it to Cole Clement or will they try to kind of you know blitz him early and try to like get you know try to rattle him so that's really gonna be the key for me and, and I think look we'll talk more about this later and. I just feel like, I don't know. I mean, without, we won't say our picks just yet, but it kind of feels mm-hmm. like I'm just 
it, it's a little I'm a little concerned going into this game. I'm uh, real quick. I'm glad you brought up the wide receivers. How are they going to use D, DJ Moore and Because because like you said, the Raiders are going to double team him and double team him just about the whole game. Will you use DJ Moore uh, in the slot? Will you motion him a bunch of times? Like you said, could this be a breakout game for Darnell Mooney, who's been in my MIA so far this season? And could this be the game for Cole Komet? Like I said last year, Lakina, the Bears have a tight end. Well, now we saw Komet uh, do well in spots uh, so far uh, early in the season, but could the middle of that field be wide open for Cole Komet? Like, like I said, it all comes back to how fast can Tyson Bajan, uh process these coverages that the Raiders are going to give him. You know they're going to try to fool him a bunch of times. Can he process it fast enough and makes the adjustments on the run? We'll see if Mercedes Lewis. I know some people said that maybe Mercedes Lewis might be the ones that try to you know, be a blocker to kind of you know, block Max Crosby. That's going to be hard to do. But, you know, ha- well, actually, happy Titus to all the tight ends, you know, whether whatever level you play on. So this is a date for you guys, obviously. You know, your Cole Komets, your Travis Kelsey's, um, George Kittles and those guys. So, uh, you know, but, yeah, I- I'd be looking close as we close this out. I know we're up against it. But, yeah, I mean, look, I think it's really good. You know, I don't think it's really not going to be that much, you know, change. You know, with with um, with uh, Bajan, you know, starting, I think it's really going to be like, how does he respond to some of the blitzes? Because, you know, they're going to be coming after him a lot. So mm-hmm. for me, that's going to be the key. You know, we'll we'll talk more about this as our girl, Christine uh, Manica from Caris, comes on with us later on the show. But after this break, we're going to talk some Bulls. The Bulls have finished with their preseason. And, of course, the LCS, they're starting to get a little bit interesting on both sides as well. So we're going to you know, finish up the, the first hour strong with some Bulls and maybe a little NBA and some baseball talk coming up next. So Keenan McGee, Cindy Brown, Second City Sports, Odd Sports of Chicago. We go to, go to Harwood coming up right after this. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things, none of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. (laughs) Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? 
I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. It's an opportunity for him to show that Mike Conley is obviously going to be the starter, but can he be the second guy? Oh, there's Patrick Williams making an impact early. Waldem, Vucevic, kick, White has to hoist the knee three. That's money for Kobe. Man, I wish I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> so does everybody else that plays this game. Carter sets up Caruso for three. <laughs> the game has changed. Everything's evolving here. Here is Vucevic, the kick, Dosumo. That's a Good ball movement again. Dosumo this time from the right. Knocks it down. the double how many times have we said that tonight he sets up Vucevic like he could have had it Terry Taylor had that offensive rebound in his hands and it knocked it away and instead of it being a bulls buck it ends up being a t-wolf yeah played great up ahead to Dalen Terry lob for Dallas <laughs> I just don't know if you can think first you can see it right there 43 inch vertical lead for the top line now Batine and those highlights from, from NBC Sports Chicago as the Bulls lose to the T-Wolves in their last um, preseason game, 114-105. to Patrick Williams, who saw that, those highlights there, had 10 points. Uh, Vucevic you know, led the way with a double-double with 21 and 10 boards. Kobe White had 10 points. Uh, Io had 15 and of course, you know, from three point range, that's what the Bulls' problem is. They only shot 30%. That was a big problem last year. They just shot a little under 30% in this game. So that might have, you know, played a part in them uh, losing this game to uh, the T Wolves, even though, yes, Anthony Edwards had a monster dunk. We saw that earlier. He had 19 points leading the way there for the T Wolves. And that in this win, you know, the Bulls finished one and four. I mean, look, no one gives out preseason, you know, trophies. So, you know, you, you finish one and four, but okay, whatever. But look, you know, Kobe looked good. You know, we'll, he'll probably get the starting uh, nod. 
you know, Io looked you know, okay. You know, Zach was out with an illness, so that's why he didn't play last night. Vooch looked really good, you know, from the field, especially, you know, with the rebounding. That's what that was a big problem for the Bulls last year. Mm-hmm. Um, DeMar, DeMar, you know, only played 30 minutes, but I'm sure he didn't want to do too much. So, and even some of the guys that are on the, you know, that were on the bench, I mean, you know, I mean, Dalen, Dalen, uh, Terry looked really, has looked good this preseason, Tory Craig, and I know he only scored five yesterday, you know, Caruso had, you know, seven, had a couple of nice uh, steals there. So, so what do you think about, you know, the Bulls and the rest of the, uh, this, you know, yeah, the rest of the preseason, what's up for this season coming up? Now, one of those clips he played there, uh, Adam and me uh, mentioned with the Robbie Hummer who was on a broadcast on Thursday night about the Bulls ball movement uh, last night, and especially throughout this preseason. It's been phenomenal uh, for the most part, but we all know coming to the season, as you mentioned, Lakina, the Bulls lacked shooting on this roster for the last two or three years. Now they have it with Javon Carter. You're starting to see Vucevic starting to take some threes, but you still want him to dominate with uh, within uh, – the game within the post, mm-hmm. but like you, like you mentioned, Kobe White, uh, he's going to set get probably going to get that starting starting job uh, at the point guard. Uh, he moved the ball very l- well last night, and I have to say that the Bulls didn't do too much of that last year. Lakina, it was all you know. I'm not going to say the Jim Boylan era, walk it up and dribble, 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 playing ISO ball. We know that's what Demar Derozan does, but with Zach. Levine and some of the other scores that they had on, on the team, and that's what they did at times. But in order to get good shots, and the way the Bulls want to play this year, giving up more efficient three-point shots, you have to share the ball. You have to move the ball around. You have to be active on offense. And I want to see how the Bulls do this year with that. If they stay consistent with that, I think they'll be okay. But like you mentioned, the the problem is going to come with offensive rebounds because, like you said, they shot only. Uh, 11 to 36 from three last night. And then that's, you know, that's not going to uh, get it done in, in today's NBA. So you got to crash the boards. We talk about Vucevic and we talk about Andre Drummond being, hopefully being used more this year coming off the, mm-hmm. the bench in terms of de- defensive rebounding. That's going to be one area I'm, I'm looking for. And I heard someone say this the other day, and I want to get your thoughts, Lakina. Tory Craig, he was brought in here to play defense and add some additional scoring. Do you think that he's going to push Patrick Williams? This year, I'm not going to say to get the starting nine because I don't think that's going to happen barring injuries, but this is a big year for Patrick Williams. I know he was the only bull that played in all the 82 games last year, and he was caught thinking too much last year instead of just reacting to his natural born ability and play basketball. Do you think that Torrey Craig may uh, take some of his minutes away this year? Yeah, I mean, look, we know how Tory Craig is. This guy's been around for a few years, so he kind of mm-hmm. knows what you know how to push you know certain you know starters and certain young guys. So maybe he is you know maybe he is the kind of guy that can push uh, P. Will to kind of go to that next level. Yeah, he played all eighty two. I think he was the only bull like you said that did that. But you know he was consistent. You know there was some you know sports where he was hot and cold, so he needs to stay consistent. So if you got you know Tory Craig who knows how to play the the, the point, who could actually be kind of like the ball mover. Yeah, that's probably the thing that might push people to kind of take the next level. And we look, he's actually looked pretty decent uh, in this preseason. I'm talking about uh, P. Will. So if he can kind of get to that point where, like, you know, that level where I know the Bulls perhaps want him to get, I think he can now. Mm-hmm. But if he, if we see the old P. Will from early last season where he wasn't consistent, then he may see Tory Craig in that, you know, that front court. So with with Demar, so this is going to get very interesting. 
And also, too, focusing on the bench right now, you mentioned by Dalen Terry, I thought he looked good at times during his preseason. Julian Fields may take his spot this year as far as not playing as much and learning from the sidelines. He's had a couple of highlight dunks throughout this preseason. But uh, I want to ask you, do you think Dalen Terry will be trusted by head coach Billy Donovan to get more minutes this year and be more of a difference maker? I think he can. You see, he's built up a little bit over the summer, so and he played a lot mm-hmm. of the the G League. So, I mean, uh, uh, summer league. So, I think he could get mm-hmm. you know, get to the point where he can be trusted a little bit more, perhaps maybe play a little bit more minutes, and perhaps maybe you know, perhaps even be the extra guy you know in front you know by Vooch to kind of like you know pick up the slack whenever he has to go on the outside and talk about Vooch you know to shoot it you know try mm-hmm. to attempt a three. So for me, I think this is probably where Daily Terry is probably best at. So uh, yeah, so hopefully we can see more of uh, Mr. Terry. I think he definitely has a shot of perhaps maybe. You know, you know, again, sort of improving, being that seventh or eighth guy off the bench. And also, too, Ayo Dusumo is going to be one of those uh, other main guys. That'll be His name will get called to come off the bench as well. We mentioned Colby White being the starting point guard on opening night, coming up in about six, five days from now when they host the Oklahoma City Thunder at the UC to open up the 23-24 season. Uh, Ayo Dusumo, he was a restricted free agent. I believe he was brought back uh, over the summer. And he's looked um, – Kind of have an up and down, in my opinion, preseason. I know he had a good game last night. He shot the ball better from the outside. I'm worried about his playmaking ability, Lakina. We all know that he can drive it to the hole, and he's still struggling to shoot it from the outside a little bit. I'm worried about uh, can he be more a consistent shooter from the outside because we all know when he we saw him at the University of Illinois where he can drive the ball to the basket, no one can stop him. He he's just a beast when he when it comes to that. But I'm really worried about his outside outside shooting and can he improve even better with his one on one defense. Well, we know he was never a three-pointer. You know, we, if we saw it in Illinois, mm-hmm. that was probably one of his weak spots is the fact that he can't shoot the three very well. And he's been he's been honest with that. He's been upfront with that. So mm-hmm. I think, like, you saw, if you see him in practices, he is, you know, shooting more threes and attempting more threes. So hopefully he can kind of get to that level where he doesn't have to be, you know, Steph Curry. We're not asking to be Steph Curry. Right. But if he can actually just be, you know, be at least 20% from three every night, 20 to 25%, you know, try to make those big threes when they, when the bulls need them. And perhaps maybe, you know, actually be kind of like that, that floor, that floor, uh, floor general and kind of like, you'll know, play, you'll know, kind of pick up the slack, you know, from with Kobe, you know, in case whenever, you know, DeMar and Zach are on the bench. So I think for me, it's all about getting the contributions from everybody, you know, from the stars on to like the, the first half of the bench. So for me, I think this is going to be the key. If the bulls want to stay there in that four to six range, they're going to need to be consistent. Everyone needs to be consistent, you know, at every time. Guys can need to step up. If if one group of guys, you know, you know, have struggles, you know, the other group can pick up the slack. You know, Caruso, I think you put him in that category too. Well, actually stay, you know, stay injury-free. <laughs> so that's another – that's one yeah. big thing. That's probably the big thing. But uh, I think he, he can kind of be sort of like that floor general too and be part of that. He'll probably get the first, you know, crack at it, you know, even before – uh, for uh, IO does, AO does so for me, this is really going to be the key. And we'll, we'll talk more about this in our NBA uh, preview special coming up Monday at one. We're gonna have a great round table of a uh, great guest. Uh, we're not gonna tell you who we got to tune in for that <laughs> on Monday, <laughs> but you know, look, I think for me, this is going to be where I think the Bulls can kind of the first couple of weeks are gonna set the tone for the Bulls season. If they can, it's mm-hmm. set up for them, they actually have a pretty decent schedule, uh, you know, in the first few weeks. Pad those wins now because it's going to get tough for us. We get closer and closer to December right before Christmas. If they can kind of get to that point where they could be like near like the top five, six range, then they'll be in good shape. If they start like mm-hmm. in like that little tier, little mid tier that they were at last year, it's going to be an adventure. And I don't think in a good way. 
I think you I think you bring up a good point. We saw that a couple of years ago, especially when Lonzo Ball was healthy. You saw the start of the season uh, with that schedule. They got off to a nice start and, and it benefited them. You, you know, of course, those injuries hit. And of course, they won exactly 10 games after the All-Star break. They barely survived not playing in the playing tournament, unlike last year. So, like you said, the start of the season is going to be key uh, for Chicago. You're listening to Second City Sports, the Friday edition of Sports on Chicago. We're live in Living Color. Sid Lakina hanging out here with you on Second City Sports. Lakina, anything else that has surprised you uh, so far in this NBA's preseason, whether it's from last night or from the last couple of weeks? I mean, nothing really, you know, kind of surprising. I know that the Lakers kind of had their struggles during the preseason. I've seen a couple of their games. And I mean, the, the, the Browns are playing the preseason, so I'm, you know, I'm not, you know, no one's that surprised by. It. I mean, Minnesota went five and zero, so I guess you can give them the preseason trophy. I guess, you know, we'll see how they look if they can make that take that next step step this year. Again, we'll we'll get through all this um before we uh you know, before you know during our roundtable. But I, I think for me, you know, nothing really, nothing really surprised me. I guess you know the Raptors look really good coming off the of preseason. Uh, you know. You know, Golden State looks really good. We'll see how they look, especially now with CP3 there. That's going to mm-hmm. be the key. Um, Steph Curry was, hit the game winner the other night against Sacramento, <laughs> just like did, last yeah. year's playoffs. <laughs> yeah, basically the same thing. You know, basically that was like kind of like you know, picked up where you left off with that. Uh, Denver, you know, been up and down this year. You know, they they finished three and two. Um, Memphis, you know, started a little bit too. I mean, Victor Wembanyama has looked good. You know, for the Spurs, uh, so you know, so far. So for me, yeah, I think it's all going to kind of keep you. Know, Things going and like I can't wait for the season. So I know there are some games that are finishing up um, uh, tonight. So right before the season, it's going to be the last of those preseason games. So uh, I know Orlando's playing like I think some uh, like inter European team. I, I forgot what they're who they're playing, but uh, I mean, look for me. I think this is going to be interesting. Yeah, Flamingo, Flamingo. I think they're an Italian league team, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. I yeah, yeah. That sounds about that sounds about right. But uh, what do you think? What what's kind of caught your eye this preseason? Yeah, I want to talk about Victor Wimbiamba first for the San Antonio Spurs, who's probably is going to be the overwhelming favorite for Rookie of the Year. Like I said, we'll break more of this down uh, on our preview show on Monday. But uh, he's looked real good so far in his preseason, Lakina. Uh, he's not your typical big man uh, uh, with the inside game. He does have a little bit of an inside game, but he really has guard ability. He can definitely create his own shot. He can bring the ball up, and he has mobility for a seven-four guy. Um, Really been impressed by that. I just want to see how Popovich uses him uh, as the season goes along. And I think we both still have a bet that he's going to play under 65 games, I believe. So any back-to-backs, I, I don't think uh, Mr. Popovich is going to mm-hmm. uh, use one Biyama. Well, well, we'll see about that. Uh, with LeBron James and Los Angeles Lakers, uh, him and Kevin Durant, um, as uh, both teams finished up their preseason schedule last night, I believe they played them West Palm Beach, California. It was the Phoenix mm-hmm. Suns against the Los yeah. Angeles Lakers. It was the first time LeBron James and Kevin Durant have both been on the same court since the 2018-2019 season. Of course, Christmas Day 2018. <laughs> LeBron was with the Cavs. Of course, KD, Kevin Durant was with the Warriors. Warriors so yep, it was a nice moment last night. Both of them went at it scoring-wise. Uh, Kevin Durant, I believe, finished up with 21. LeBron James with the 19. So uh, it, it was nice to see that in the, in the first half. Of course, uh, most of the bench warriors uh, – Finished finished it off in the second half of both teams, and uh, it, it was a great moment. But as you mentioned for the Lakers, both LeBron James and Andy Davis are injury free. Yay! <laughs> we'll see if that can. <laughs> yeah. So let's see. If they, that, that's going to be one of the storylines for the Lakers going into this season for that, and for the Phoenix Suns, who's going to be their playmaker 
because you have Kevin Durant, you have newcomer Bradley Beal via trade, you have Devin, Book, Devin Booker, and I like that you said uh, Nurik pick that they, that, yeah. that they acquired via the trade that he was part of the Damian Lillard trade. The big guy that used to be with Portland, now with well, now with Phoenix, he's going to be a big help for them. And don't forget about Grayson Allen. I know he's a tool yep. bag. He, he's, mm. What he did when he was with Milwaukee, injuring Alex Caruso's wrist a couple years ago. But he's going to provide that much-needed defensive part that that Phoenix team desperately needs. Yeah, and I think that's going to be the thing. You know, we'll go back to that game uh, last night. I know that uh, the people there were had you know they put on a show, so that was a mm-hmm. you know pretty funny. But uh, you know, I want to give a brief shout before we move on. Uh, Andre Iguodala, after 19 seasons, announced his retirement. He's actually going to he's actually is a founder of a gambling site now, so you really can't uh, blame him for wanting to retire. But uh, look, you know, remember he won four titles with the Warriors, and remember he he will forget. He was the one that won the uh, finals MVP for the first one uh, with the Warriors. So 2015, yeah. Yeah, so people forget about that, of course. So, you know, playing 19 seasons, you know, defensive player of the year. He, you know, made it to a couple of all-star games. So this was mm-hmm. a, this is a guy that kind of has been sort of like, I don't know if he will, I don't think he'll get in first ballot, you know, in the Basketball Hall of Fame. I know I know he will with, with us and for his uh, college accomplishments. But, you know, for me, I think Iggy, Iggy's one of those guys where at his peak was one of the, probably one of the best defensive guys in the league. Yeah, I can't agree with you more, uh, Lakina. Of course, he played with some of the greats, especially early in his career. He played with Allen Iverson in Philadelphia. When AI was getting in the back half of his 76ers career. And then he played with uh, Denver with Danilo Gallinari as uh, that Denver Nuggets situation was starting to turn around after the whole Carmelo Anthony trade uh, to the New York Knicks early in the 20-teens. Of course, uh, he links up with Steph Clay Thompson and Draymond Green to go on that run in terms of championships and, of course, playing with Kevin Durant. So, as you mentioned, he's been one of those good guys wherever he's been throughout his career. He's been part of winning teams. He's been a difference maker, and he's had a heck of a career. I think eventually he'll go into the Hall of Fame. I know Steve Kerr uh, brought that question up. Uh, someone brought up that question to him a few years ago, and many people looked at Steve Kerr uh, crazy. Uh, of course, Steve Kerr uh, compared him to uh, poor man Scottie Pippen, and people flipped the you-know-what out. But I think he'll eventually get it. Like you said, probably not first ballot, but he'll probably get it. Like you said, he, he was the difference maker in that 20, 2015 NBA Finals, regardless of what you want to say. I know uh, our guy Kenneth Davis from War Media, NBC Sports Chicago, like, we always had had, had this um, – Discussion during our old days on the Dean Davis show, talking about LeBron James could have won that uh, Finals MVP, even though that team, that Cavaliers team, lost. Remember, LeBron James basically was playing without playing by himself because Kevin yeah. Love was hurt that year, yep. and Kyrie Irving got injured in Game Two, I believe, of that two. series. Yeah, yeah Game Two yeah. of that series with that knee injury. So LeBron mm-hmm. nearly uh, averaged a triple double for that whole final series, and I and I get his point, but uh, someone had to get that award from the Golden State Warriors. Steph Curry didn't. Uh, he wasn't terrible, but it wasn't a Steph-like series. And Clay Thompson, you know, he did this thing. He really, the stat line didn't show out for him during that final series, so they had to give it someone. And not sure Eagle Dollar was the difference. He did slow down LeBron James, especially in those last two games uh, on their way to that title. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and remember, too, I mean, he he made uh, – well, he was in, at Arizona. He played uh, – you know, you know, in the Pac-10. Well, there was a Pac-10 as how that shows how long ago was how long he's played. He made to uh, he was all Pac-10 a couple, uh, then Pac-10 a couple of times. So you know, his college accomplishments. He's like one of like you know, I think he's probably like um, among his positions still like one of the top scorers in Arizona history. So mm-hmm. he is going to get it you know for his college accomplishments as well. So yeah. like, I think mm-hmm. he'll get it eventually too. But yeah, I mean, you know, but uh, we salute uh, uh, Iggy and uh, hopefully you know he can 
you know, you know, this new business he had will get off the ground very well. As you listen to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago, like Keenan McGee, Cindy Brown with you as we're uh, finishing up the first hour. Uh, let's talk some uh, baseball and uh, things good in both the LCS. We'll start with uh, the because both. Uh, Excuse me, and because you know both teams. Well, actually, you know Arizona got a big win yesterday against the Phillies uh, with a walk-off home run. So, what did you think? Because I look for me, Arizona needed that win more than Philly does. But if you're Philadelphia, mm-hmm. you better try to win Game Four because you don't want to go back to Philly uh, tied. Yeah, it, it was all about the defense and the pitching last night, as you as you mentioned. Uh, Philadelphia scored their long run off a pass ball in the top of the seventh inning, and Bryce Harper crossed home plate. But for Arizona, it was all about the starting pitching in, in strong defense. Like you said, in, during the playoffs, offense comes at a premium. When you have when you have the advantage on your side, you better take you better take. For for both of it, and that's what the Arizona Diamondbacks did last night. It was all about the clutch inning. They they had great starting pitching. The bullpen actually showed up in this series. It was in MIA the first two games uh, in Philadelphia, giving up batting practice. But you knew that their home crowd was going to get behind them. You knew they were going to come out with a better performance, and they outlasted Philadelphia last night. It was a hard earned team win. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and it looked, Zach Wheeler looked really good for uh, Arizona. Well, no, yeah, for Arizona. So this is definitely going to be interesting because I think for me, you know, game five, both uh, uh, game four uh, is tonight for Philadelphia and uh, Arizona. Real quick, though, we're going to Houston. Houston, you know, their they're backs are coming alive. They're not, they've now tied their series. Mm-hmm. The Where, where's our buddy Brandon? Is our buddy Brandon out there? I know he's not boasting <laughs> about it, but uh, Jose Altuve is, you know, showing you why, whether whether you like him or hate him. <laughs> But uh, he's been one of the, you know, yeah. I mean, look, he's one of like, look. I think he's showing you why he had a couple big hits last night. I think he now mm-hmm. like leads the uh, like, like among like all not all time, but I guess he passed Richie Jackson. I think for uh, not not uh, well, uh, well, uh, many remembers. He's now second uh, in MLB history to hit you know twenty five career postseason home runs. You know, Jordy Manny Ramirez. He also hit his tenth home run in the LCS. That's tied with Kyle Schwarber, who's had a great series. Over there with uh, mm-hmm. Philly, and uh, of course, our pools for second most all time with only we're cheering only Manny. So, uh, Sid, what do you think? Because they, you know, Jose, whether like I said, why you like him or not, whether you like the Astros, is showing you why they've been consistent the last few years. Also, too, Jose Atuve played in his 100th career playoff game last night and got the party started with a leadoff double, which uh, led to three th- first inning runs for the Houston Astros. And what are we talking about? The other Jose Laquina, Jose Abreu, ever Abreu. since game. Yep. Games three and four of that Minnesota Twins series in the uh, in the ALDS, his bat has been on fire. He had another home run last night. I believe he has four home runs this postseason. Lakina, mm-hmm. yep. the bat is not here on the side side, but that's a whole other issue. But uh, <laughs> so goes Jose uh, Jose Altuve. So goes the Houston Astros office. He is a t- uh, table setter, whether you like him or not. Like you said, but it, it helps the other guys. You saw Chas McCormick. Uh, mm-hmm. Alex Bregman, Yodan Alvarez, yeah, Alvarez uh, that yep. came live last night. I know Alvarez by this much missed a grand slam, but yep. the Astros were able to take advantage of it. The, on the flip side for Texas, their starting pitcher has been MIA since they went back home to Globe Life Field. So uh, mm-hmm. Max Scherzer didn't do anything in game three. Dane Dunning, who came in relief, uh, he settled things down a little bit, but I forgot who, who was their starter uh, last night. But uh, for for Texas, but uh, he didn't even make it out of the first first inning. I know that their bats woke up to tie the game at three in the next couple of innings, but 
Houston, when they get men on base, uh, it's it's over for you. It's over yeah. for you. Yeah. So I, as I mentioned, Jose Altuve is a table sever table setter, and that by us falls in line. That's exactly what happened last night. Yeah, Andrew Heaney. I mean, he didn't even last an inning. Heaney, thank um, you, Heaney. Yeah, yeah, he didn't last an inning last night. And uh, look, the guys after really didn't do too much either. I mean, the next guy, uh, Dunning, he was just, you know, he gave up like I think about four more runs. So, you know, mm-hmm. unfortunately, you know, Texas is not, you know, so we're just starting to kind of fall off, and we're seeing that experience from Houston. So for me, the real key is going to be tonight. I mean, today because they played today at uh, four here. Uh, in the Central Times so over down in Arlington. And it's going to be Justin Royer versus Jordan Montgomery. Montgomery's coming in, in uh, both, or both are actually coming on a short rest. So this is going to be a pivotal uh, game five here. And I, I'm wondering, like, you know, for me, I think the key is going to be to try to get who can kind of get that, that early start. Can Houston keep it going? Can Texas kind of, mm-hmm. you know, get back into it? So this is a bit very, I don't want to say whoever wins game five today will win uh, the series, but let's just say this is pivotal. I'll say that. I think this is a bigger game for Texas because if they win this game, they'll have a chance to close out the Astros uh, in game six and perhaps uh, game seven if necessary. Both game six and seven will be in Houston. But you mentioned with Justin Verlander, he pitched a great game one, but the offense didn't back him up. You mentioned Jordan Montgomery. Uh, He won his last start against the Astros early in the series. So let's see if he can carry that momentum. But he needs to stop it because (laughs) – only because, of the, as we said before, these last three games, the Houston Astros bats have woken up, and it looks like it's not going to stop anytime soon. But I want to focus in on that Texas offense. I know that Corey Seager got a home run last night, but uh, unless you know something that I don't, you can correct me. Where's Marcus Simeon? Has Marcus Simeon been in this series? I know he's lead off here. Where, where, where <laughs> like, you know, doing the whole shrug and looking, looking the thing. Well, where has he been in this series? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's been MIA, I think. We haven't really heard too much from him. I think he had, like, what, a one walk, I guess. I think that was, like, in, the, in game two, I think, you mm-hmm. know, back in Houston. And he really hasn't said too much. I mean, he's kind of like the tail setter for them. So, well, well mm-hmm. we, you know, Seager is kind of like the, you know, the, the first guy, but Simeon's the second guy. So, you know, lead off. I mean, that's going to be very important. If you can't get to Justin Rolander early, because we've seen it happen a few times during the playoffs in his career, you know, mm-hmm. like, I don't want to say that Texas, if Texas loses tonight, this there is going to be gone. They're going to be a it's, they're going to be a goner. I don't want to say that, but if they can't, you know, kind of get to you know right the ship and get together, try to slow down that Houston uh, office of you know like roll mm-hmm. uh you know train that's leaving the station. It's gonna <laughs> it's gonna be a long you know flight back to you know back to Houston to try to at least you know win a game six. So Texas better try to you know d- try to do it, and not to say that they can. You know Jordan Montgomery. We'll see if he can kind of mm-hmm. keep the Astros bats at bay. That's going to be hard to do. You know he's done it a couple of times uh, this year, but that's really going to be the key. Now going to this Philadelphia Arizona, it'll be Christopher Sanchez versus uh, Joe Metably from uh, from Arizona. If you're Philadelphia, yeah, you let yeah you let Arizona get that one win. You know to try to keep it a sweep. But if you're Philadelphia, you better try to win this game because I think this is just as much for them as it is for Arizona. Because you don't want to come back to go back to Philly uh, with with the way to be a tight Arizona. You, you leave them hanging around. It's gonna get, it's gonna get a little bit dicey. So try to you know as you know Jimmy Johnson would say, I'm sure he applies here in baseball. Pour it on them and try not to let them up. Yeah, I think it's a bigger game for Philadelphia because, like you said, you don't want to give Arizona any more mo- momentum. Last night it was a hard fought win, but if you if Arizona wins today, uh, that's going to uh, tie the series, and we're with with game five in Arizona before you go back to game six and perhaps game seven in Philadelphia over the weekend. Uh, 
you don't want to give that team life because, as we said before, Arizona is playing with house money. And, and yes, um, you know they were disappointed losing the first two games on the road the way they, uh, the way they did, but they still uh, have, are a very confident bunch, especially after last night. They're back in this series. They have new life. You're the better team in Philadelphia. Those bats, as you mentioned, with Kyle Schwarber and Bryce Harper uh, have, have carried them so far throughout, throughout these playoffs. I think, me personally, I think it's a bigger game for Philadelphia because if they lose this one here, you give Arizona, that young team, that much more confidence. Uh, anything can happen. You don't want to get to the later stages of the series or, or against the team that you know that you're better than on paper, that you haven't shown it on the field because you get that team you know, like Arizona, even more confidence, anything can happen. Yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Of course, tomorrow, Saturday, will be game five. We'll see where the series is. Will this be Philadelphia, your collision is about to go back to the World Series, or will this be you know, a pivotal game five for both these teams? And on Sunday, you know, this will be uh, game six. Now, again, we'll see where this will be by then. So uh, <laughs> someone is going to, yeah, this is going to be a pivotal uh, matchup here. So there's uh, someone's going to be going for the clinch. Will it be? Texas or will it be Houston? So we'll have to, we're going to wait and see you know, today going into Sunday. It's going to get very interesting. All right. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two straight ahead as you're listening to hashtag football Friday edition of Second City Sports right here on Sports on Chicago City. Lakina hanging out here with you. A week eight, Lakina of college football. The season's gone by so damn fast. I don't know what to do with it. We'll preview some of the big games coming up from the college pigskin. Of course, we're going to have our girl, Miss Christine, the Queen Manica, Manica from KXRB in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, to help us uh, with your NFL seven, week seven picks and a whole lot more. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. my lane? No, not at all. Are you not paying attention? Are you texting? I was just checking in with my mom. I was telling her that I thought we'd be home by six. It's okay. There's enough time. Just pay attention. I'm not even halfway through my text. There's no way. I'm not even going to look up. My babies are in the car. You have to pay attention. It's just supposed to be a quick text. I'm so sorry. Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of DoDEA. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference.
Many will hear the calling. Few will earn the title. United States Marine. The few, the proud, the Marines. Welcome back to the Second City Sports on Sports Show Chicago, hour number two. I'm Keenan McGee. You can follow me by Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG. You can follow your Shirley Sydney Brown on the Twitter, X in the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. We have less than an hour left for this extravaganza. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can always hit us up in the comments section at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get the up on the screen for you. And just a daily reminder, you can also catch Sports on Chicago live in 11 color, available right now on Roku TV. All right, Sid, we're already at week eight of college football as we kick off a hashtag Football Friday. Um, love this. Uh, this is getting a little bit weird because we're about like more than halfway through the season. We're about like two thirds away <laughs> through the season. Um, so quick scores here, of course. Uh, James Madison stand defeated. They beat Marshall twenty and nine. That was a hard fall win. I, I saw that you know this game uh, last night and uh, Liberty outlasted Middle Tennessee uh, State on Tuesday, forty two thirty five. Now, Sid, I would know you want to you know, get to talking about this game. This is a big news Saturday game. Uh, of course, you got. Two rivals clash. You got Ohio State as they host Penn State down at the horseshoe. So what do you think the keys are to this game? Uh, Penn State is going to play a, a damn near uh, perfect game, a clean game. No false starts, no silly penalties. Uh, I think the running game is going to have to uh, come through for the Nittany Lions and James Franklin and crew. And also, too, on the flip side for Ohio State, I'm looking for a big game from, from my guy Marvin Harris. Junior, who should be a Chicago Bear next year, but I digress from that. Of course, Ohio State's going to have a big crowd and behind them at the horseshoe. Uh, they're going to have all the momentum on their side, but uh, Penn State also too for them on defensively, they're going to have to uh, get after it with the uh, with all uh, after the Ohio State offense and uh, do what Maryland did in that first half, uh, confuse them with some coverages, uh, have a, a couple of sacks, and perhaps force a takeaway or two. I think that's the only way they're going to have uh, – uh, sorry, the Nittany Lions will have a hey, chance Lions. to stay in this game. Say that say that last name of the team five times fast without stuttering. <laughs> uh, Drew Allard versus uh, Kyle McCord. Both of these guys are going to be their first time playing this rivalry. So uh, mm -hmm. this is going to get interesting to see how the, you know, the two guys kind of mash up here. Both have had you know, great seasons so far. Allard, we owe with 12 TD passes. Uh, McCord with 11. You know, they're kind of like evenly matched. So you know, for me, I think the run game is going to be important. Uh, we know about Trayvon Henderson down and uh, in Columbus. But, you know, look, you know, Penn State has a pretty solid running back themselves, you know, in uh, – 
you know, Katron Allen. And look, this is a guy. He's going to have 150 yards, in my opinion, for the uh, Lions to have a chance. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see when, you know, how we'll, we'll you know, we'll, you know, James Franklin, we'll, we'll get to that, you know, said, well, Michigan, you know, this, you know, Ohio State hasn't really, well, Ohio State has played some by, so, uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, Keandre Lambert-Smith is another, uh, one of their top receivers for, you know, for the, you know, last. so, to me, it was going to be the defense, if the def whatever defense can slow down the other's offense, this could probably be the key, uh, whoever wins this game. Now, Oklahoma, yeah. they're back after, no, well, go ahead, sorry. <laughs> No, I'm just saying both teams checking in at 6-0, 3-0 in the Big Ten. Ohio State is favored by five points. Okay. All right, that'll be interesting there. Uh, Oklahoma, uh, you know, off their big win against Texas down the Red River rivalry in Dallas. They uh, host UCF. You know, they got a week off to kind of celebrate a little bit. Now they're back to business playing UCF. That's going to be 11 a.m. on ABC. On CBS, you got the Battle of the uh, – you know, the, you know, the military schools, you got Air Force undefeated against Navy. That's going to be on CBS. Mississippi State in Arkansas, that's going to be on ESPN. Rutgers against Indiana, that's going to be on the Big Ten Network. Uh, Memphis against UAB. Let's see here. Uh, Oregon hoping to bounce back from their loss to Washington. They face Wazoo, who's had their struggles lately after being upset by UCLA last week. They uh, face each other at 2.30 on ABC. And one of the big games on CBS, you get got uh, Tennessee and Alabama. I'm like really looking forward to this one because Tennessee, we all know what kind of story they were last year until they lost to uh, Georgia. And, uh, and, of course, they lost their starting quarterback, Mr. T.J. Hooker. And, of course, their season went down the tubes after that. But I'm looking forward to this matchup because Tennessee, I believe they can get after it defensively. But they're going to have to have a strong uh, running performance from Jalen Wright for Tennessee. He only has run one rushing touchdown so far this year off of 100, 571 yards. But he's going to have to have a big game if Tennessee wants to stay in it. On the flip side for the Crimson Tide, we talked about Jalen Milroe. Uh, for the last couple of weeks, Lakina looks like he's coming on strong right now. He has 11 touchdowns to four interceptions on the year for Alabama. As we talked about uh, with the Chicago Bears to open up our show, you have to have a smart quarterback play, run the ball very well, and play strong defense. The only thing that's been consistent about Alabama this year has been their strong play on the defense, especially on that defensive line. Yeah, they're gonna give Joe Joe Min the hard time. I mean, if you if you're mm -hmm. if you're Milton, you want to try to give to your running you know running back. I know they haven't really used the running back you know very much. You know, Jalen Wright, but you know if you want to try to you know get through it, maybe you'll see if you can kind of you know be you because know, they're gonna be listening a lot of talking about Alabama. So you wonder like could this mm -hmm. be to be the defensive game? So for me, I think if you're Tennessee, you want to try to get to you know try to kind of like you know sort of you know be that you'll know, see that early Alabama and try to kind of you know you know get well confused and traps maybe try and do that now hitting hooker you know for tennessee remember it was right after that game that he did the injury is uh his acl of course now mm -hmm. he's re still rehabbing so for me look if you're tennessee look i know alabama will want their revenge so uh, this is gonna get very interesting we'll see what happens uh there in this game at the same time on the sec network mizzou of course called the fight mike burma's from the show here on from nbc <laughs> chicago mm -hmm. uh they host south carolina uh tulane and you know they host uh the fighting Layla Rahimi's North Texas. Uh, the, yes, sir. Right. <laughs> yeah. Friend of the show. Yeah, another friend of the show. Uh, two thirty on ESPN two. Iowa and Minnesota. This is going to be interesting. Uh, rivalry Ooh. game between these two teams. Uh, this will be on the uh, NBC. So, what do you think the keys are going to be for this game? Who can outscore who? <laughs> well, you know, we we talked about Iowa uh, last week uh, with that horrible performance. 
against Wisconsin. Minnesota still recovering from that beat down at home against Michigan State in prime time for a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> I think, to be honest with you, Lakina, who's going to score the, mo the, the most points? I'm not saying it's going to be a shootout, but uh, who can turn the ball over the least? Because I think the team that has the less turnovers is the one that, who's, going, who's going to win. Now, uh, the Golden Goers are led by their running back, Darius Taylor. He has four rushing touchdowns on the year. But uh, look look for, on the flip side for Iowa, Mr. Eric All of their big start tight end. He has 21 catches for close to 300 yards and three touchdowns. I think he's going to have a big game for Iowa. I know Iowa's favored by three and a half. I think they'll win by more than that. So I'm, I'm going with Iowa. I think they'll score over 25 points. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Illinois <laughs> FS1 again. Uh, well, well, look, I mean, this could be a baseball score, so who knows? Those old. It can't get any worse, can in. it? Well, uh, yeah, hope not, but uh, this should be a good score. <laughs> well, well, I don't know. Depending on how you look at it, Illinois, you know, from that big win at Maryland in College Park last week, they faced Wisconsin team that had their struggles against Iowa, couldn't really move the ball very well. So, you know. Look, Illinois is actually close to becoming eligible. They need to win their, uh, their, you know, couple of their last, you know, like three of their last like five games to try to become bowl eligible. So Wisconsin coming off the, uh, that, that, like I said, that that tough loss against um, Iowa. Illinois one and three. Wisconsin two and one in conference. So uh, what do you think? Uh, it's going to come down to look all my aspects. I've been saying these last few weeks. He doesn't. Uh, he needs to play a good game. He does not need to turn the ball over any more than he has been doing this year. He has eight touchdown passes and nine interceptions. You need to keep the turnovers down to a minimal. And for the final line, you need to have a consistent running game the game to go along to help out the, that quarterback. I know that uh, Mr. Isaiah Williams uh, is, is the big target for Illinois, but he's really been undermined this year because of all the turnovers that your quarterback has been uh, committing. So Mr. Williams hasn't had the chance to really break out. But on the flip side for Wisconsin, Braylon Allen has seven rushing touchdowns on the year, close to 560 yards overall. So look for a big um, running performance out of him. I think Wisconsin will try to mix it up a little bit because their Illinois defense is not too bad, but they've been on the field too much because your quarterback turns it over a lot. Yeah, that's going to be the key. You'll try to kind of you'll get the offense move and try to score some points. I mean, you're able to get away with that against Maryland because Maryland had their struggles, but you know, you can, mm -hmm. I don't know if you can do that against Excuse me, I don't know if you kind of you know, you can do that, but uh, you know, against Wisconsin, so I'm sure they're all hoping to redeem themselves. So uh, we'll see what happens uh, with that. And uh, Northwestern host uh, goes at Nebraska, who are coming off a bye. Um, uh, going to the Big Twelve, you got Nebraska favored by ten and a half. That went by more. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, Oklahoma State and uh, West Virginia both coming off a couple of big wins, both two and one and a four to four to overall. They're two and one in conference play, so that should be a fun matchup there. And they'll go into oh, that's on ESPN, by the way. And of course, uh, the uh, Northwestern uh, Nebraska's on BCN. Um, Northern Illinois they host Eastern Michigan at two thirty. You can stream that that game stream on ESPN plus. Texas hoping to bounce back from their loss to Oklahoma. They had a little bit of a week to kind of think about that. They're back in action in Houston against uh, the Cougars at 3 o'clock on Fox, the big Fox network, as we're going into the primetime games. Uh, the CW network on WGN. You got North Carolina number 10 hosting Virginia. Shouldn't really have no trouble. Drake May in the game. Shouldn't really have no trouble with uh, Virginia. They've been kind of been sort of, you know, kind of uh, – yeah. 
uh, kind of on a downslide the last few years. Yeah, 0-2 in ACC play. I'm talking about for the Cavaliers. They're 1-5 overall. So they shouldn't really have no trouble. They're Ole Miss at Auburn going to the primetime games on ESPN at 6. You got Texas Tech and BYU on FS1. TCU and K-State on ESPN2. Uh, let's see. Uh, number two, well, well, Utah State is out. San Jose State at CBS Sports Network. And number two, Michigan against Michigan State at 630 on NBC. Look, okay, do this real quick because this is kind of like just – I know this some stuff that came out about Michigan yesterday. It just sounds really absurd. Like they're talking about like a military guy, like spying. Like this, this whole thing just sounds really absurd even for – Go through all that just to win a football game. Wouldn't they have a couple of national championships right now if they really go to that extreme? So I just think it's a little bit sad. I know Michigan State, they, you know, supposedly to try to you know, get this game skipped. I'm like, I don't think they really need these sign stealing things to to beat uh, you guys. So I think you guys need to kind of just <laughs> say, but uh, you would think that, yeah, you would think that Michigan would do that against uh, a better opponents like your Alabamas and your Texases of the world. Oh, that's right. They couldn't do that last year against TCU. They got they got embarrassed, even though it was a close game. They got embarrassed because we all know that Michigan's not built to score points on the board like TCU does, but I digress. But uh, back to this game quickly, Lakina. Michigan should have no trouble against Michigan State. Like you said, this silly distraction, Jim Harbaugh trying to pull out the Bill Belichick, or as we call him on the show, the Bill Belichick uh, playbook. Uh, it's not going to fool anybody. I don't know if really anything is going to come out of that. But let me digress uh, back to this game. I think Michigan's defense is going to show up once again. You mentioned Michigan State is still going through their uh, stuff off the field. J.J. McCarthy, the starting quarterback for Michigan, 14 touchdowns, three interceptions. I expect him to have a solid game. Blake Corm, uh, I ex expect him to have a solid game again. But uh, Michigan's defense is going to have to show up again, and I, which I think they will. Michigan's favored by 24 points on the road. Yeah, I mean, they may – look, Michigan might use this as a motivation, so you never know. So we'll see yeah. what happens with that. Now, a big ACC game here at, at the same time on ABC. You got number 16, Duke against Florida State in a huge ACC showdown. Never thought I'd say that, you know, in football season. But, look, Duke's been you know, playing pretty solid lately. I know uh, my, uh, Miles Leonard is, is – you know, he's out for the year uh, – Riley Leonard, I should say, he's out for the year – but you know they're you know they've actually been pretty solid. They've been able to move the ball the ball pretty well. You know they're using their running backs very well too. You got Jordan Travis, who I'm sure will love to get in the Heisman race. So uh, look, look, this should be an interesting game down in uh in Seminole Stadium. Yeah, you mentioned uh, we mentioned for the last couple of weeks, Lakina. I asked you uh, was was the Florida State Seminoles knocking at the door? I think they are. They're six and zero in the year, four and zero in ACC's play. 4-0 in ACC play. You mentioned Jordan Travis. He's having a nice year with 13 touchdowns to one interception. I don't think he's going to be in the top five for Heisman uh, voting, but he's really uh, knocking at the door. But your playmakers are Trey Benson at the running back position. He has six rushing, rushing touchdowns on the year off of 463 yards uh, yards rushing. And, of course, uh, Keon Coleman, who's been the big playmaker all year from the wide receiver position. He has seven touchdown receptions over 400 yards. So I think – He's going to have to have the big game. That Duke team really gets after it. We saw it early in the year mm -hmm. when they upset Clemson at home. So I think it's going to be tougher than what people think. I know FSU is favored by 14 and a half points, but if Duke keeps this close, uh, it's going to be scary for Florida State. But I still believe that Florida State is going to win at home. 
Yeah, but Henry Belvin, Bell, I should say, the four for Duke, he kind of picked up the slack. Uh, we had a good game uh, last week against North Carolina State. I mean, they really had no trouble with them. But he's going to be facing a really solid Florida State defense. So he's only a true freshman. So if you're, mm -hmm. you know, you want to try to kind of like set the tone early, kind of get over the, uh, the the nerves, you know, Dope, you know, Dope Campbell Stadium, that that's place is going to be rocking. So in Tallahassee, so for me, this is going to get, this is really going to be, you know, try to, if you want to, if you're Travis and Florida State, try to kind of set the tone early, try to get the scoring early. It's going to be tough against that dude defense, but it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with that. It should be a fun game uh, on ABC. LSU going off conference against Army. And uh, a good one here in the Pac-12 on Fox at 7 o'clock. You got USC at Utah. USC hoping to bounce back for getting a shellac by Notre Dame. Utah's had their various issues, you know, their QB situation is a little bit weird and mm -hmm. they've had their various, you know, kind of little, little issues as well. So for me, I think, you know, they, they, I think they were off too, I believe last week Utah was, but, uh, mm -hmm. no, they, 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 they beat uh, Cal, but, uh, I mean, for me, if you're good grief, I mean, I don't know what to see, what to think of this game. I don't know. This is going to get interesting to see, like if, if, you know, Caleb Woods can try to, I know you know, that Utah team is actually pretty solid themselves. I know mm -hmm. he's going to want to redeem himself after what happened last week. So if you're Utah in their defense, you want to try to kind of like rattle him. You know, they, you know, Notre Dame kind of gave you the playbook. You know, scoring yeah, this, should be, this should be a high-scoring game, though, I, I feel like, you know, because Utah's had their kind of various issues at QB as themselves, kind of had the little two QB thing. So this is going to get interesting. But, uh, yeah, I don't want to say this is a make-or-break you know, game for USC, but if they want to try at least have a shot, perhaps maybe get into a, a New Year's Six Bowl, this is going to be the game where they really need to kind of get it going because after what happened, after they got their butts kicked last year at Utah, this is going to be a kind of a redeeming game for them. I think it's a make or break game for USC. We talked about what happened uh, with the Notre Dame last week. Remember, this is a rematch game for what happened in a, a Pac-12 title game last year. We saw that that Caleb Williams had a couple of crucial turnovers. The USC Trojans defense got torched. Uh, so this is a, a, a make it or break it game for USC all around. We talk about Caleb Williams, so what a horrible performance he had last week, but he's still going to be the top pick in, in next year's uh, NFL draft, and he's still the top-rated quarterback in college football. So I, I think he's going to redeem himself, but uh, he's going to have to have help from Marshawn Lloyd, and also, too, he's going to have to have help from Mr. Taji Washington. Uh, those guys are going to have to step up big time. You mentioned on the flip side for Utah. Uh, if they lose this game, they'll drop to five and two, two and two in in, in Pac-12 play. I don't think it's going to hurt them as much, but all the pressure is going to be on uh, on USC. They're favored by seven points at, at home, and the over under total is fifty two. So, uh, if you're a betting person, you can take that as you will. <laughs> uh, that's going to be interesting. So uh, we'll see what happens in that game. That's going to be an intriguing game, though, nonetheless. Uh, Clemson and Miami at 7 o'clock on the ACC Network. Uh, two teams that you thought that maybe would have a better better record than they do. But, mm -hmm. you know, you know maybe, they may, this might, might, maybe this might be a chance. I, I don't know. But uh, a tough one there. If you're interested, you, know, you could catch it on, uh, on the Fox Network. I mean, on the ACC Network, I should say. Yeah, I think it's going to be an elimination game for both the uh, for 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 both of these teams because I know Clemson is two and two in ACC play. Miami's zero and two. I think it's a bigger game for Miami because of what happened the last two weeks. We talked about the Georgia Tech loss a couple weeks ago, and last week uh, their defense got shredded, especially in that second half at North Carolina. But Tyler Van Dyke is going to have to grow up here for the Miami Hurricanes. I know he has six. 16 touchdown passes overall. He has six interceptions, but he's going to have to cut down on those turnovers. And 
He's going to have to have help from Henry Parrish and Mr. Xavier Respiro. Going to be interesting name there, uh, Nevada and uh, San Diego State. That's going to be a game on FS2. And in the Pac-12, Washington coming off that big win against Oregon. They uh, host Arizona State. You hope that maybe your Washington will have a letdown because remember Arizona State gave USC all they could handle early this year. So mm-hmm. hopefully, my in Colorado too. Yeah, so you know this is going to get very interesting if you see what you know what Washington does. Hopefully they don't get caught looking ahead because they got a pretty interesting schedule coming up themselves. But look, hopefully. You know, they can kind of, you know, take care of business against the Sun Devils, and we'll see what happens there. Stanford, you know, coming off that uh, that big, you know, comeback against Colorado. They face UCLA. UCLA coming off uh, upsetting. Um, they've had a couple upsets lately, so, you know, they're 4-2 mm-hmm. and two in the Pac-12. You know, Chip Kelly's got his guys playing well. So, you know, this will be interesting to see what happens with that. They're coming off a loss against Arizona State, so hoping to kind of bounce back there. So we'll see what happens in this game. This should be an interesting game, too. I want to talk about the last couple of games, starting with a UCLA-Stanford game. Of course, we saw what Stanford did at Colorado last uh, around this time last Friday night, coming back from a 29-point deficit to win in double overtime. If you're UCLA, they should have your attention more than anything else. I know the last couple of losses for them have been terrible, but the way that Stanford played at Colorado last Friday night, that should get the, the Bruins' attention just on that alone. And also, too, Dante Moore, he has to perform much better at the quarterback position. He has 10 touchdowns and seven interceptions. And you'll have to get a strong uh, performance from your running back, Carson Steele. He has three rushing touchdowns so far this year, but I think he's going to have to step it up a little bit more. Do not look past Stanford, unlike some other opponent we just mentioned a moment ago. So I think UCLA will take care of business there. And then with the Washington-Arizona State game, Michael Penix Jr., he's slowly creeping up into that top five, perhaps, in my opinion, top three Heisman Trophy voting uh, conversation. Uh, he's going to have to have another strong performance. As we talked about with Arizona State, they almost pulled out that upset with, at, uh, at home against Colorado a couple of weeks ago. Their, their front four is very good and very underrated. So uh, Washington better not be called looking there. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, it's going to be very, like I said, this might be one of the more intriguing games that a lot of people probably won't talk about very much after what happened with, you know, Stanford at, you know, at Colorado and UCLA. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who kind of you know, comes out of this because, you know, look, mm-hmm. I think UCLA, they want to try to at least stay within distance of the Pac-12, you know, wherever it's not, they have no division anymore. So it's so just have mm-hmm. two teams. So this is going to be where, this gonna, look, a lot of these games you probably say are elimination games. You probably say that Utah-USC game is an elimination game for the Pac-12. This, you know, this game with uh, with UCLA, this might, you know, they want to keep within the striking distance of the, of the Pac-12 championship, you know, game. So, yeah, this is going to get very interesting. It's going to get very tight. So, Pac-12 is showing a little bit. They've been kind of beating each other up as we thought. So, this is going to get, you know, these next few weeks especially, this is going to get pretty uh, intriguing. So, uh, dying to see what happens. All right, June. She's going. She's joined us a little bit early. We want to get her thoughts about the Notre Dame Fighting Irish beatdown of the USC Trojans from from last Saturday night. As we are joined by our girl, your girl from KXRB in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Here, here comes our queen, your queen, Miss Christine Manica. What's up, Christine? Hello. Thank you. Hello. Oh, I know. How are you doing? doing? How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Um, yeah, we're doing just fine. I know you're in a good mood after that Notre Dame beatdown of USC. Ooh, <laughs> I know you. I mean, 
let's let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Yeah, the floor <laughs> is yours. <laughs> I it's look, it just shows what what a team Notre Dame is and and, and what sort of um environment what I was talking about last week, environment that South Bend has once you are on in that atmosphere. Um I definitely think that Caleb Williams stock went down a little bit um, after that defeat um, against Notre Dame. And that doesn't, that doesn't discount him for uh, the ability that he has. I still think that he's a great quarterback. Um, I just think that now he has a little bit more pressure on him when it comes to uh, the season going forward and, and whatnot. Um I expect to see a lot more big wins like this out of Notre Dame going forward. And who knows that maybe they can potentially get into a bowl game this year. That's what I'm hoping for. Um, and yeah, it was a, it was a great win. Well-deserved, especially after that disaster of a game after Louisville, for sure. Well, that Louisville <laughs> loss doesn't look any, any better because they, of course they were right. Pittsburgh last week. So, uh, you know, that, that, that loss actually looks kind of worse for them. So, uh, so go ahead. I'm sorry. I think I got cut it out of you. Uh, I was going to ask Christina, uh, give us your thoughts about that Notre Dame fighting Irish performance from the defensive side. As we asked you last week, what did you expect to, um, um, against Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams a, a great talent like that? I'll be honest here. Uh, I didn't expect that. Not too many people expected that. Do you think the Irish defense it, it, uh, gets overlooked, especially after that performance? Do you think they'll get a little bit more respect now? I would think so. I mean, I thought that they would get more respect after the Ohio State game because they did put the pressure on Ohio State. And look at what happened <laughs> now with, with the Trojans and Caleb Williams. They definitely did put the pressure on. And, uh, uh, maybe this was a this was a gotcha game for the Trojans too. At the same time, this was a this was a yeah the one of those trick games for them. So I it definitely gets them gets them noticed for sure on the Notre Dame side when it comes to their defense. And I don't think this team should be overlooked anymore. And well, it gets and it gets even worse for USC as they face Utah tomorrow. So yeah. that's gonna you know that's gonna be even tougher. They got a pretty solid defense themselves. So uh, folks, we're gonna get, take a really quick break. Of course, we got our girl Christy Mack also too. We're gonna talk more about uh, a lot of other stuff too after we do our NFL picks because uh, we're getting you're getting closer closer to it. I'll say that he had a great week last week. So. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, we're going to have a lot of more, you know, of course, our picks and, of course, the WBA. We'll recap that and a whole lot more still. We're going to go with Christy Mack for KXRB. So, uh, Lakina McGee, Sydney Brown, KXRB is Christy Mecca, Tiger City Sports, House Sports of Chicago. Our picks and more coming up right after this. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks? They can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. 
Trish is having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only ten, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to stay warm here, folks. Welcome back to Second City Sports. I'm Sports of Chicago. You follow me at Katie McGee on the Twitter. X at QScorby on the IG. You can follow your Shirley Sydney Brown on the Twitter. X in the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. This is our last segment of the show for today and for the weekend. So let's make it look make it great on the way out. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can always hit us up in the comment section at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions or comments in the comment section. McKenna will get the up on the screen for you. And just a daily reminder, you can catch Sports on Chicago live in living color right now on Roku TV. All right, so real quick with our picks, yo, Christine, you had nine wins last week, and so did That's I. That's way better than last week. I'll take it. I know, <laughs> and you actually gained a game on Sid, so you know now you're you're only two games back. You know, I, I we both gained a game on Sid, so uh, Sid, we're getting a little closer and closer. We're coming at you, Sid. We're coming. <laughs> I see Christine is drinking that Irish juice. <laughs> uh, well, you know, well, also, yeah, you only, yeah, you only had seven last week, Sid. I mean, that, that's your best showing. That's, uh, so. Yeah, that was a miracle last week, uh, despite what happened. Good grief. Yeah, well, look, that that Cowboys win, uh, Christine, you're credit. I mean, you're the only one that picked the Cowboys, you know, with that Monday nighter. So uh, that helped you out a lot. So, uh, I you know, you definitely. <laughs> yeah, right. So, uh, 
Yeah, right. So, yeah, we got six teams on by this week. We got the Panthers, the Bengals, the Cowboys. Yeah, for mentioned Cowboys, the Texans, the Jets, and the Titans. So, uh, adjust your fantasy leagues accordingly. So, uh, we should get through these pretty quick. So, we only got really got a few of these games. Now, I wish this game was here in Chicago, but it's not. Uh, CBS has a doubleheader this week, but this should be a tricky one. So, I'm going to watch this game via my computer here. You got the Lions and the Ravens. Say so you start off uh, this one for us. The Lions and the Ravens, you said? <laughs> Yes, sir. All right. All right. So that's going to be a noon game on Fox. Baltimore is favored by three points in a row. The Lions uh, looked dominant at Tampa Bay last week, winning 20 to 6. Uh, Baltimore is now 4 and 2 on the year as they uh, try to uh, stay atop the AFC North division. Lakina, remember a couple years ago, Justin Tucker kicked the longest field goal in NFL history mm-hmm. at Ford Field, yes, 65 sir. yards for the game winner. Yes, I remember. He's not going to do that again. I, I can guarantee you that. Since uh, if this game will be in Baltimore. Uh, the Lions, I think they're due for a, lo- for a loss only because David Montgomery, he left the game early last week with an injury, uh, with a rib yeah. injury. So we'll see how that yeah. uh, turns out, whether he plays or not. I think Lamar Jackson is on a mission. They beat Tennessee uh, in London last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it's going to be an ugly, c- close game, but I I think Baltimore is going to take this one. Baltimore is favored by three points, even at home. Okay. Christine? You know, yeah, you know, I'm going to take the lines with this one. I think they look really good despite uh, Montgomery being questionable for this week. I, I, you know, the Ravens, this could be a make-or-break game for them. They've been a little bit questionable, I'll say, the last couple of weeks. You don't know what team you're going to get. You right. could have, you know, the the unstoppable, the strong Ravens, or you can have the team like what we saw against the Steelers, just totally falling apart. So, again, it's an either-or. I can see why they're favored because they are at home, and it's the hometown favorite, and that, that stadium can get a little bit rowdy. But I think the Lions are going to hold their own. It's going to be ugly close, like you said, Sid, but I'm going to pick the Lions for this one. And for that reason, I'm with you, Christine. I, I kind of feel like I don't know which Ravens team you're going to get half the time. Yeah. So, so yeah. So are you going to get the you know, the Ravens team that was actually pretty good in London last week? Or are you going to get the Ravens team that lost to the Colts? I mean, I don't know what you're going to get. So, you know, for me, I know they want to – I know Dan Kent wants to kind of redeem himself from that loss, that 65-yard field goal, uh, lo- that loss of form a couple of years ago. So – I want to watch this game because this should be exciting. This might be one of those nine, six, you know, 12, 10 type of things. So it could come down to a field goal. So we'll see what happens with, with yeah, the Lakina special. <laughs> yeah, the, the old, yeah, the old 1980s football uh, reference there, folks. <laughs> Next time yeah, and Lions are 3 0 so far this year on the road. Okay, so they probably are. They might be due for a loss on the road. So we'll see what happens with that. Now, instantly, our, our, our buddies, Pro Deals, will have this game for uh, CBS. You got the Browns and the Colts. So, uh, Christine, I know who you're picking. So, uh, just for formality for purposes. <laughs> no, no, you know what? Against my better judgment, I'm going with the Browns. Unfortunately, the, the Colts, uh, they got it too much stacked against them with Anthony Richardson now being officially out for the rest of the season. Um, I think mm-hmm. the Colts are kind of just yeah. in that that uh, rebuild mode all over again this year, which is unfortunate. Um, so again, against my better judgment, I'm going to go with logic here and and pick the Browns. Sid, 
I'm going with Cleveland, too, because they, they have a better defense. And, of course, uh, they're coming off that upset win against San Francisco last week. They put a couple of guys from the 49ers on, the in, on their injury report. Yeah. As, you, as, you, as you mentioned, uh, the, the Colts, uh, it's a rebuilding year for them. I think Gardner Minshew will play a little bit better, but he's got to watch out for Miles Garrett because he's going to come after him really hard. Yeah, I think because of that defense, I am picking the Browns. And uh, look, they're getting hot at the right time. We'll see how they look after that and win against the 49ers. Could this be a, a trap game or perhaps a letdown? We'll wait and see. So, but yeah, but right now I am picking uh, the Browns here. Uh, Bills and Patriots. So, one and five Patriots. I would, I would keep it short and sweet for me. I'm picking the Bills. I know they've been a little bit banged up. I know Josh Allen's been, you know, he's been banged up as well. He is going to play. But the Patriots are just not very good. I mean, this is just, I, I don't know what's going to happen over there in Foxborough. There have been all kinds of rumors and in the windows. But for right now, on the field, I'm going to stick to that. I'm going to pick the Bills. Same year, I'm keeping it short and sweet with the Bills. This game will be airing on CBS2 in the Chicago Lane area, opposite of the <laughs> Bears Raiders game. I'm going with Buffalo. The Buffalo's favored by eight and a half points on the road. Yeah, that might that sounds about right. Here in the NFC uh East, here you got the Commanders and the Giants. You Christine, you start this one for us. This one was tough for me to pick. Um, it's just again, you don't know what you're gonna get with both of these teams, but in the long run, I'm picking the commanders. Just because I think they have less injuries going for them right now as opposed to what the Giants have. And there was just some big miscommunications going on the last game they had. So, yeah, I'm going with the Commanders for this one. I know Tyrod Taylor looked great in that second half uh, at Buffalo last Sunday night. The Giants did get screwed on that last play of the game. They should have mm -hmm. had an opportunity to go in from the one-yard line to perhaps upset Buffalo. Daniel Jones, he's still on the injury report. Rumor has that he may play, but I don't think it's going to matter who plays that quarterback. I think for the commanders, this is a, almost a perfect opportunity to get a, uh, get a game right here. They're they're at 3-3 three and three right now. Sam Howell's actually not bad at quarterback for Washington. Uh, Brian Robinson Jr., uh, he can run the ball with the best of them uh, in the NFL. So uh, I'm going with Washington on the road. They are favored by two and a half points now. Yeah, I think that Vegas may know something that, that we don't see. I'm thinking the commanders too, kind of keeping up with that theme. I mean, they know that this is going to be could be one of those games where they probably try to get to that near that, you know, that you know, I know it's a little early for playoffs, but they could be kind of right mm -hmm. there in that wild card spot. So if you're the commanders, you want to try to pounce now. I know Barkley back, I know that helped them out a little bit, but I don't think it's going to matter who plays QB. I, I think the Giants just, you know, they, they they've caught up to that that Brian Dable offense. So. The commanders will probably get there might be a nine six. This might be your ugly nine six, you know, twelve, you know, ten, you know, twelve, ten type of thing. So we'll see what happens. Uh the treaty one here in the AFC in the NFC. They finished the tie a couple years ago. <laughs> yeah, they did. So would, would, would that be out of the question if they did this time? Uh going to the <laughs> NFC South. I mean, you know, come on. And, you know, NFC South, you got Falcons and the Bucks. You know, Bucks coming off that loss to uh the Lions. So Sid, you start this one for us. Tampa Bay's favored by two and a half points. Uh, they, uh, both both these teams looked putrid on offense last week. 
Uh, Tampa Bay, uh, this is another uh, opportunity for them to pick up a win at home. They're one and two at home. Baker Mayfield, hopefully he can play much better. On the flip side for Atlanta, their quarterback is not much better with Desmond Runner, six touchdowns, six interceptions. But, but, but watch out for that rookie running back, B. John Robinson. He has over 401 yards rushing so far this year, but he's been MIA the last couple of weeks. I think it's going to be an ugly uh, Lakina close game special. Uh, I'm going with Tampa Bay here. Same thing. I'm taking the lesser of two evils and going with Tampa Bay. Although I'm going to give Baker Mayfield a little bit of credit. He is doing a lot better than a lot of people suspected that he would do this year. Yeah, I agree. He actually looks pretty good. Well, especially of the last game, I guess. <laughs> I guess Aside the trip, from but, the last game, yeah. Right, but he has a yeah. pretty good. They should, be able to, they should be able to pull this out here, so we'll see what happens there. Now, we're already at 3 o'clock games. So I told you it was going to be this was a short schedule this week of NFL games. Uh, Steelers and Rams, the first at 3 o'clock. This game will air on the Fox, so those of you out in that area will probably more or less get this game for the most part. So, uh, say you start this one for us. You say Rams and Steelers? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, the Rams are three-point favorites at home. The Steelers, I believe, had an off week last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming off a bye, but they have T.J. Watt, uh, their stud defensive end. Of course, uh, the Rams are surprisingly 3-3 three and three this year. I picked up Matthew Stafford in my fantasy league because Justin Fields decided to bang up his thumb, but that's a whole other issue. But uh, the Rams are getting it done via the running game, unlike the Steelers. Mm-hmm. And I think Matthew Severus is due for kind of a breakout game. He's been more than pedestrian this year. Six touchdowns, five interceptions. You know. But I don't trust the rest of that Steelers defense. I think the Rams are going to run the ball right down their throats. I think it's going to be a, another ugly close one. Not a Lakina special, but it's going to be a kind of close. About 2017, 24, 20, somewhere <laughs> around in there, in there. I'm going with the Rams. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we all saw what happens after 10 days. You come up with nothing. So it doesn't matter how many days you have, you still come up with, you know, what you end up getting. (laughs) Again, a whole nother story there. Um, But with Cooper Cup back in the mix, I I think Matthew Stafford, like what you were saying, said he's due for a really big game. So is Cooper Cup. They're going to run the ball as much as they can. I'm going to go with the Rams for this one. Same. I, I'm picking the Rams too. I mean, it, look, you know, TJ Watt, remember, he's has a practice the last couple of days with a heel injury. That's what they're calling it. So that could be a factor, especially if he, even if he does play. So this could get interesting. You know, Rams are kind of sneaky, you know, three and three. So if they win this game, I'm not saying that they'll win the division, Avi, but this they could make things interesting for San Francisco. So something to look, watch out for there. Now, speaking of the NFC West, you got two teams, you know, facing each other here. You got the Cardinals and the Seahawks, another one, the, the other uh, 305 game for Fox. So, uh, yeah, I'll start this one. I know this, I know Seattle, they want to bounce back from that loss last week. I know, you know, Kyler Murray is back. It looks like he's going to start. He hasn't played for a month, so he might look a little bit rusty. And we know the Cardinals are tanking. So, but then again, you know, Seahawks didn't look too good last week either. So that, that could be perhaps a noon game, you know, whatever. But, I think the Seahawks win this one. It's going to be another one of those ugly. You know, there's going to be so many ugly games this week, so don't be surprised if you see some of the score to these games, folks. But uh, I'll be Seattle in a close one. Yeah, I'm going to go with Seattle too. I, I'm going. I'm picking Seattle because again, Kyler Murray hasn't played at all, so I'm going to go with the logical choice of picking someone 
that has played, and you just don't know where you're going to get out of the uh, Cardinals anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> Expect a big uh, day from the running back of Kenneth Walker, the third from Seattle. Uh, I think it's going to be, like you said, an ugly close game. I'm going with the Seahawks here. They're the better team. They are favored by eight points at home. So uh, may you know, may take a push on that one. Uh, this game will be shown on uh, CBS here in Chicago for a better or worse. <laughs> you got the Packers <laughs> and the Broncos. Uh, I know the Packers are over. They were on by last week. So this they you know, we know. Yeah, you know, they may be a little bit rusty, but the Broncos just are. Yo, sorry, Chris, if you're listening. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, you're listening <laughs> yeah, don't worry. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But uh, yeah, the Broncos. You still be listening. <laughs> you can still be listening somewhere. But uh, yeah, you know they're one and five. So the Broncos. I mean, I think that we all know how the Packers will do, and I know the elements and you know mile high and the, the altitude. And so I know people want to make a. It is, it is a real thing, but the Packers really shouldn't have any trouble here. I know it's it's, it's going to be another one, another one of those ugly games we keep talking about. We were saying it all throughout all these picks, but yeah, I'm going to say Jordan Love do, do, does just enough to win this game. I think so. I'm going to pick the Packers. I'm picking the Packers, too, although I wouldn't be surprised if the Broncos somehow were able to pull this win out just because I think at this point Russell Wilson is fighting for his job mm-hmm. <laughs> and for all intents and purposes, yeah. Um, yeah. for better or for worse. But, yeah, I'm going to pick the Packers in, a, in what could be a, an, a, a close game. I'm going to stick my neck out here and go with Denver here. Oh. Uh, the Packers. Okay. Uh, the the Packers uh the they're uh, one and two away from Lambeau Field. Uh, uh, that Chicago win uh, on opening weekend is a far ways away. Their last two road games have not been impressive, in my opinion. I know they're the log- logical choice here, but Broncos uh, actually pre- performed better at home than they have on the road this year, despite them having the zero and three mark. But mm-hmm. I think it's going to be another ugly close one. I'm going with Denver for for this one. Green Bay's favorite by a point, which means it's a pick em. <laughs> Yeah, basically, it's actually a toss-up game, so it should be interesting there. Now, of course, you know, I wish we had this game here in Chicago, but, uh, you know, look, I'll, I'll probably watch it. I'll watch on the computer and on Redstone. You got the Chargers and the Chiefs, you know, two AFC West foes, you know, battling it out. Taylor Swift's prayer is going to be there at the game, I, I guess. <laughs> You know, Charlie showed off that. Uh, can we, can we make a category for that when, when we pick? Is Taylor Swift going to be there? Yes then or we, no? As, yeah, well, look, as long, yeah, as long, look, as long as they're together, her and Kelsey are together. Yeah, we might do. We might shoot. We might do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> Sid, you start this one for us. Yes, Taylor Swift will be there. I'll have no inside knowledge. It's just a guess like you guys are. But um, Kansas City's favored by five and a half points. Uh, we mentioned their struggles on offense all year long. Of course, their former offensive coordinator is now assistant head coach with the Washington Commanders. We're talking about Mr. Eric Bieniemy. Uh, the Chiefs defense is still strong. The Chargers, uh, they gave it away last Monday night against the Cowboys. Uh, I know they played Kansas City tough uh, at Arrowhead. They pulled off the upset there a couple of years ago, but until I see some consistency from the San Diego Chargers of Los Angeles, as we call them on this show, I'm going with the Chiefs. Yeah, I agree. It's about consistency. And so far, I think with both of the teams, the Chargers and the Chiefs, 
they've been sloppy this year for both teams when it comes to wins especially they haven't been like clean straightforward wins there's always been some sort of drama attached to both of these teams when it comes to their wins um but i'm gonna go with the chiefs for for this one just because it's a little bit more balanced i think on on their side of the ball um but yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting game. I wouldn't be surprised if somehow the Chargers do pull out this win because, again, ugly winning appears to be the, the theme for both of these teams. Um, but for, <laughs> for the sake of argument, I'm going to I'm going to stick with the with the Chiefs for this one. And I shout out to uh, Travis and his brother, Jason, for talking about, you know, the whole meeting the parents and they're in the Heights, New Heights podcast. Yeah, I, I can I can relate mm-hmm. to that, that fear of meeting the parents and just the whole <laughs> the tenseness of it. So yeah. I, I cringed at that part. So I relate. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, look, we know how these two teams play each other. And uh, yeah, I'm thinking the Chiefs. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I mean, I would love to pick the Chargers, but. I've picked the Chargers the last couple of times. I picked them. They end up losing. So maybe they'll pull <laughs> off maybe they'll pull off the upset. Who knows? But uh yeah, I mean, we'll see how they look after that after that loss against the Cowboys on Monday night. Now, uh to Sunday night, this will be I know NBC's glad they got this game. They got you know the Dolphins and the Eagles. I know they probably will love the Eagles to be still be six and oh, but both these teams are five and one. Uh Christine, you start this one for us. Could this be the Super Bowl matchup? Hmm. That's the question. Hmm. I know. I <laughs> I think this is going to be a good matchup. And drum roll, please. I'm going to pick the Dolphins for this. Okay. Oh, okay. I know. I'm picking. I had a really tough time with this one. And I think it's because the Dolphins... They seem, I mean, just like the Chiefs and the Chargers have been, the Eagles have been winning very ugly games. Like, they're not they're not in sync with each other, like what they have been the last couple of years. Like, when they, when they won the Super Bowl in 2016 or when they went to the Super Bowl last year, you know? Like, there's just something that isn't clicking with, with the team. Maybe it's nothing to do on the field. Maybe it's something off the field. I don't know. Um, but I, but I think it's definitely it's ugly winning again. That's why I'm calling it. So I think when it comes to teams being in sync, I want to say that's kind of where the Dolphins are at right now. They're a little bit more in sync. They they really know um, they know uh, how to win, not in an ugly way, if that makes sense to anybody, you know. <laughs> um, so I think it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a great game, but I am going to be picking the Dolphins for this. I'll give you the answer to, to that question, Christine. What's happening to the Eagles' offense? Their former offensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, is no longer there calling the plays, and so the, the, the struggles continue from quarterback Jalen Hurts on down. Yeah. And they're, the Philadelphia's defense has been struggling until last week when they lost to the Jets. I know that their first-round pick from um, um, – from Georgia, he's been he practiced again today, Mr. Jalen Carter. So if he's a full golf for for the Sunday, it's going to increase their chances that much more. I'm talking about the Eagles, but the Eagles must play better on offense. You mentioned the Dolphins, Christine, on the flip side. Uh, Raheem yeah. Moster, he's going to run the ball hard for, for the fence. I need a big game out of my guy Tyreek Hill for my fantasy team. So I think it's going to be a, a a real competitive close game, which I hope. But I think the Eagles. Uh, they're going to use that loss last 
we get New York Jets to be their wake-up call. So I'm going with the Eagles, but I think it's going to be tougher than what people think. If Lane Johnson can't play for the Eagles, that's going to be a problem. You know, the Dolphins defense, I know they've had their struggles this year, but they're going to want to pounce on Jalen Hurts. You saw he's, you know, when push, he tends to kind of make bad decisions. Yeah. So we saw what happened, I guess, you know, against the Jets last week. So I think I picked the Dolphins too. I'm going to follow Christine's lead. I, I, I Look, I wouldn't be surprised the Eagles pull it out, but like you said, I mean, this last few weeks especially, they've been kind of playing down to their competition. So I'm sure they'll be up for this this you know this week at this weekend. Of course, you're playing the Dolphins, one of the top teams in the AFC. So yeah, this this could this be the uh, Super Bowl preview in Vegas. <laughs> we'll see. But uh, yeah, but right now I'm picking the Dolphins as of this moment. Now the Monday night should be a good one here. This will be streamed on AB. This will be on ABC, ESPN. Manning Cast is back, you know, this week as well. Uh, ESPN two. You know, we got the 49ers and the Vikings. So I'll start this one. Uh, the Vikings coming off that win against the Bears. The yeah. 49ers, of course, you know, got to go. You know, halfway across the country, they get an extra day off. That should help them a little bit. It looks like, you know, Debo Samuel and uh, Christian McCaffrey will be back. So I guess that's a good thing. They they got an extra day to kind of prepare. I think they want to try to redeem themselves after what happened in Cleveland last week. So I'm going to pick the 49ers, but this could be a, a you know a close one, a, a good close one. This might be a high-scoring game, so we'll see what happens. But I think I'm picking the 49ers. Well, Lakina must have been looking at the Vegas totals. Uh, the over-under total is 44 points here, so uh, we'll Ooh. see what happens with that. Of course, the Vikings, uh, they barely escaped out of Chicago with a win last week. The 49ers, Jimmy. Uh, with a to start putting up points for me on my fantasy team, but that's besides the point. Hopefully, Brock Purdy for the 49ers, their starting quarterback, uh, returns to injury as well, along with Samuel and Christian McCaffrey. The 49ers are favored by seven points on the road, and I expect them to win. So I'm going with San Francisco. I just do not trust those darn Vikings. <laughs> it's just sometimes it's just miserable to, to watch them. And of course, you know, I picked the Bears last week to. To beat the Vikings because without Justin Jefferson, I thought then maybe there was a chance in there to uh, to take that opportunity. But of course, they they fail. Um, but that's besides the point. That's for another conversation. Um, I just think the 49ers, regardless of the in- injuries and whatnot. Um, they they are still looking like the stronger team. I I was my heart was breaking for for the 49ers and for Brock Purdy as they uh they were uh you know succumbing to the defeat against the Browns last week. That was a tough loss. Um, but I still think that they're one of the better teams in the NFL this season. And I still think they're gonna pull out this win against the Vikings uh on Monday night. But yeah, it's gonna be a good matchup. Should be. This should be a very interesting matchup on Monday night. So last but well, not well, not uh, well. I don't know, least but whatever. But uh, <laughs> the Bears and of course they host the Las Vegas Raiders over at Soldier Field. Of course, Tyson Bajant, uh, you know, getting his first career NFL start, and they just posted the uh the injury reports here. If I can get it up here on the computer, Debron, Dequan Brisker is questionable. Nate Davis is out. Dan Feeney is questionable. Uh, Justin Fields is officially ruled out. So is Eddie Jackson and Rashawn Johnson. Uh, and Darnell Wright is questionable. So I know Sid, well, when there is Sid, uh, uh, so, you know, I talked about it on the Bears then, uh, last week, you guys go back to it on YouTube and on, uh, Facebook. 
for me, I think, look, Max Crosby is going to be, look at his chops Ugh. to get to, to, to make it. So I know they're going to try to double team with Mercedes Lewis and whatnot, but that's not going to be an easy thing to do. I know Devontae Adams, you know, he loves playing at Bears. I think that's probably why you put that out there, that he wasn't very happy, not getting a lot of passes the last couple of weeks. So, you know, I know Josh Jacobs is a you know, great running back. You know, he has a – this could be a, a breakout game for him. We'll see how he does get the Young Bears uh, defense overall. So, look, I said that it's going to be maybe 20 uh, – what was this score? I said like 24, like 13 or something like that, Bears. I'm thinking that's – you know, so I'm saying uh, 24 to 10 as I uh, – as my screen's fading, <laughs> give me a second here, folks. But, uh, <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> I mean, geez, what what is there to say? Crosby scares me. If I was the Bears, I would be terrified of Crosby right now because he's just he's a he's a tough player. He's strong. He's active, and he's going to get right in your face. And he's not afraid to do so either. Um, regardless of who's injured and who's not, I'm, I'm just very, I'm not happy with the bears and how they've been performing. I don't know if it's the coaching. I don't know if it's the players. Do we start from scratch all over again? I, I'm, I'm at a loss for words at this point. I'm picking the Raiders. It, it doesn't matter. Like I said, who's in and who's out. It's just, eh. The, the, <laughs> she's speechless i'm speechless yeah. i really don't know what to say i really don't <laughs> i had a lot of i had hopes for fields this year and i think by the end of this season it's time to move on for him from him and it's time to to go on to someone else i think well if that's the case the bears have more problems than we think but uh sticking yeah. to this game uh you could make the case on why the bears can win this game if they uh Play it as a game match, as we talked about at the top of the show, Lakina. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need a strong running game from Dante Foreman and everybody else who's healthy. Uh, the Bears' defense on the flip side have not <clears throat> have not played bad these last couple weeks, but we all know, especially in today's NFL, you need to score points, and I don't, cannot trust the Bears to do that with some with any consistency. As yep. we said, also said at the top of the show, this is going to be the finest hour for Bears' offense, according to Luke Getze. We'll see what he does with Tyson Bajan. Wherever they couldn't or couldn't do with Justin Fields, let's see if they could do that with Tyson Bajan. Uh, it should be an interesting one to say the least, but I'm going with the Raiders here. They're favored by two and a half points, by the way, on the road. Ah, two and a half. Interesting. So uh, maybe Vegas knows something, I guess. And those are your picks for uh, this uh, week seven of the NFL. As this is Second City Sports on Sports of Chicago. Like Keena McGee, Cindy Brown, our girl, uh, Christine Manica from KXR. Be so uh want to give a quick shout out to the uh now back-to-back WNBA champions, Las Vegas Aces. They come back from uh I think they were down well, I think like like 13 or something like that in the fourth to uh beat yeah. me, to beat uh the Liberty. And uh interesting that without a couple of their best players, so um, you know, Asia Wilson, uh, Asia Wilson, I should say, you know, she wins WMVP, WNBA MVP honors, easy for me to say. She now is the, uh, joins a good list of, uh, players that have, you know, went number one in the draft, won league MVP, she did a couple years ago, uh, also now has won finals MVP, so now she joins a great list that includes Candace Parker, who now is now a list on her own, she now has three NBA, WNBA titles, so they are big for, uh, for her, uh, yeah. So, uh, what did you guys go you know, check out the game? I know there was a lot of buzz about it all over social media, so it was good to have to get the good ratings for it. So, uh, you know, Christy, I'll start with you. What you what you think, real quick? 
I thought it was a great game up until the last second. I don't think the WNBA or just sports in general could have asked for a for a closer game than that. Shout out to uh, Becky Hammond again, South mm-hmm. Dakota native, getting another championship on her back. Yeah. Uh, NBA, if you're listening, give her a gosh darn coaching job already. Let her be <laughs> the woman to do it. Come on. Also, to uh, give a, let's give a shout out to hometown girl Candace Parker. I believe uh, yep. three rings with three different teams. That's yep. just amazing. Yep. Uh, I don't know if she's going to come back next year, but she's definitely had a Hall of Fame career. Yeah, definitely going to be at first bout for all the. Also, she's done with both uh, in college, of course, at Tennessee, of course, now in the WNBA. So, uh, and Asia Wilson, you know, she's only twenty seven, you know, and she's already on her way to the Hall of Fame. Of course, she has a champion national championship from college as well at South Carolina. So, uh, and the Rams are actually pretty solid. They'd have to you know, go up against uh, the NFL. So, I think Tuesday and you know Tuesday and Wednesday is probably maybe you know if I were the WNBA, maybe you know, have your games scheduled during those days, especially going to go into football season. Just saying. I'm not look. I'm not a PR person with WWE, but that just that's just my synopsis. But this yeah. word of advice, yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Anything else before we disperse, guys? Anything else? Yo, know, like you know, sports wise, yo, know, anything? Uh, the Blackhawks took one on the chin last night, yeah, uh, being shut out at Colorado yeah. for nothing. Uh, of course, as we uh, we all know that this Blackhawks team it has a long way to grow uh, go. Uh, you saw that last night with the Stanley Cup contending team and a team that's uh-huh. trying to find their new identity. But the Hawks, not too bad, two and three in that five yeah. game road trip yeah, to start out this, start out the season. They're going to have their whole winner tomorrow night at the UC against the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Hopefully, Connor Berdara will put on a show uh, for those fans as he'll as he'll make his uh, regular season home debut in the red. Blackhawk sweater. And you know they're, that place, that UC is going to be rocking, so we can catch yes. it on oh, yeah. NBC uh, Sports Chicago. And uh, I think Vegas is like, what, I think they're undefeated right now, Sid, in the NHL yeah. uh, right now. So uh, hopefully maybe they can at least get Yeah, defending cup champs. Yeah. 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 Really, really quick, there was a cool moment that happened last week, and I didn't realize it because, you know, I was out of town, but – um. So the Augustana men's uh, yeah. men's hockey team mm-hmm. here in Sioux Falls, their first ever hockey program just debuted last weekend. And for the opening weekend, the Chicago Blackhawk national yep. anthem singer came here to Sioux Falls and did the national anthem, which I thought was super cool. And I'm <laughs> like, if I would have known, I would have went to the game. <laughs> Showing off my Blackhawk sweater, stood it up and cheered, and uh, I I thought that was really cool that he was there for that. Yeah, Jim Cornelius. So yeah, I think I saw that on his, on his social media that he, yeah. Was, uh, yeah. he was up there. Yeah, so I think I saw that. So yeah, you know that that's, that's pretty cool for uh, you know, not a bad way to kick off the hockey uh, program down over there in a South and Dakota, like August program too. Seriously, yeah. it's the it's the yeah. first ever Division One hockey program. So very, it's very cool. Very nice indeed. Uh, real quick before we cut out, uh, Christine, of course, the, the Chicago Bulls will kick off their regular season uh, next Wednesday as they open up their schedule at home against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, in your opinion, do you think the Bulls will make it to the playoffs this year or will we see the same results like last year? Mm. <laughs> mm. Um. <laughs> Boy. Um, oh. <laughs> do, do, do you have to ask me that question now, Sid? <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, by the time we bring it back on next Friday, yeah, the season yeah, would have yeah, started. That's, but... that's true. Um, you know, no, it's no, not much has changed with no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to say no. Maybe next year, but not now. No. All right. Well, we'll ask her that question again, but we'll buy the uh, by the by uh, Christmas. We'll ask her that again. Right. We'll, we'll see where the we'll bulls put are. Put that in that. pencil. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. We'll see where the bulls are by this by this right. point. But uh, even still, of course, you know. Great show of the books. You can follow me, Kayla McGee, on the Twitter, X at Kayla McGee, and the IG. You can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter, X, and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. Christine, where can the lovely people follow you on social media? They can follow me on Twitter at cmanica underscore KXRB. And you still have the bird, correct? I do. I sell the bird. <laughs> Yeah, you just gave the Bulls the burden by not making the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, come on. Everyone's thinking the same thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is true. That is true. She said, yeah, look, she said, just, she just said it in a nicer way, though, I think. So, yeah, she I actually did. did. <laughs> Uh, of course, you can't second season sports every Monday, every Friday, right here on Sports of Chicago on the Facebook and YouTube channel. Uh, you know, every Monday, every Friday, noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, we catch the replays at various times right here on uh, Sports of Chicago on Facebook and YouTube. Yeah, so you guys should catch Sports on Chicago live in Living Color 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year on Roku TV. And uh, speaking of the NBA, of course, as you guys saw, you'll catch our show, Sean and mine, the Smoke Fellas, you know, right there on the, just go on the Ro Roku TV app, wherever you got, you know, it's all right there for you, because I've been Sports of Chicago. And of course, you know, speaking of the NBA, we'll have our Bulls NBA preview show coming up at Yay! Wednesday. We're going to have a you know, great roundtable of, of great friends, you know, who know the NBA very well. We're not going to tell you who they are yet. You know, we're, you know, you gotta, you have to tune in to find out, but yeah, you can catch it uh, right after we do our NFL power hour at one o'clock right here on sports of Chicago on uh, Facebook and YouTube. All right. Lakina, take us home. All right. Enjoy all the sports that's going on everybody and uh, stay warm out there. I know it's a little bit cooler and for some places, you know, this time of year. So, uh, you know, have a nice, you know, fall, enjoy the fall air, whatever, and uh, enjoy the sports and uh, be safe and uh, just be good to each other. For uh, Christine, Sid, I'm the key of the executive sports on Sports of Chicago, and we'll see you Monday. Jose, I'll you holla. <laughs> Woo.